This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper, and this is the podcast to help you grow your podcast audience. Spread your message, make money with your podcast, have impact on people, make the world a better place. If you want to do that, you're in the right place. This is not a tech podcast unless the tech that I talk about has something to do with one of those things I just mentioned. So if you're looking for information about microphones or how to plug something in, this isn't it. You are usually not going to find that here. However, I hope you'll stay around because once you do figure that out, you got to have people to listen, right? You want to make impact. You want people to feel something when they hear you. And that's exactly what I talk about here. Speaking of tech, let me show you how I do weave in tech here because tech matters because if you don't sound good, people are not going to listen to you. People are judging you by the way that you sound. So you don't want to sound like you're recording from a cave or something that's noisy or tin cans in a string. You want to sound good. And one of the ways that you can do that, the sponsor of this episode, Riverside. It's a leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast, and also video. 70,000 people use it. It records locally on each participant's computer, meaning your computer, your guest computer. You got a co-host. That computer is going to be recorded locally. Everything is transmitted into the cloud. You get the multi-tracks afterwards. You can touch them up, do the edits, make yourself sound great. You're going to start with that unbelievably high recording quality and make it sound even better. It's super easy to use. What I love about it is that you can go to a guest Give that guest a web link. The Riverside Studio comes up in the Chrome browser. Boom, you are good to go right there. You can see them, you can hear them. They look and sound great. If you want to try it for free, you do. Riverside.fm is how to do that. They're going to give you a couple hours to get an interview, maybe two interviews. Check it out, take it for a test drive, play around with it if you like it, and you will. Let me give you a discount code. It's going to get you 15% off. Here's the code. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. The URL again, riverside.fm, the code big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. We're talking about good quality, people judging you by the quality of your sound. That's a huge turnoff. You're working really hard to get people to your podcast. They come to your podcast. Then what? <laughs> Sounds awful. You might have a good message, but they're not going to stick around for that or they're in a car where they can't hear you very easily because of road noise, or they're in an airport because they can't hear you very easily because people all around them, flight announcements overhead through the PA system. Maybe they're listening to you in the gym, can't hear you because there's some guy next to him going, <laughs> it's not very conducive for podcasts. That's why you need to start out with the very best sound possible. This episode is the third in a series of turnoffs that podcast listeners have why somebody would listen to your podcast and immediately turn it off. Marissa Akenberry, she says this, bad sound quality, but sometimes it's the voice itself too. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Bad sound quality. That's maybe from using Zoom or it's having gain that is too high. I talked about this in the last episode, a free mic and equipment check from Adobe. It's going to let you know if your gain is not too high, where everything is clipped. It's going to get you where you need to go with yourself and with your guest. But sometimes it's not the equipment. Sometimes it's just your voice. You're not practicing enough. And this is one of the reasons that I tell everybody to show up, get yourself a podcast on anchor.fm. Nobody needs to know about it. Practice reading, practice improvising, answer random questions, get behind the mic, get used to talking into it, develop your mic technique, 
Get used to how you sound, how you have voice inflection, what that's like. Listen back to yourself, edit your podcast, and learn what works and learn what doesn't work, what you're doing right, what you need to do better. It's simply time behind the mic. It's not your voice. Nobody I know has a God-given radio voice. Some people you'll hear have a nice baritone voice or radio. You know, like the old school 70s radio voice, turn it up and rip the knob off, that kind of stuff. But a lot of that is practice. A lot of that is EQ. A lot of that is the type of mic somebody's listening to, the processing. And I'm not saying I've got a voice like that, but I'll give you an example of even my voice that you're hearing now and what I'm doing to get this sound. I'm going into an RE20 mic. It's a mic by Electro Voice, about 500 bucks. It's the top broadcasting mic ever. It's been around for 50 years. When you go into broadcast radio station, you will see one of two mics. This one, the RE20 by Electro Voice, or you're going to see the Shure SM7B. Those two are the radio mics. I'm going into a preamp. That's a cloud lifter. That's going into another preamp, the DBX286S. I've got a compressor on my voice. I've got a little bit of de-esser which is simply an EQ to take some of the harshness S sounds, just a touch, goes down maybe one decibel. I've got an enhancer, which is another type of EQ. I've got an expander and a noise gate. Then everything gets edited. So all the mistakes that I'm making right now, you're not hearing them because they're gone by the time this gets to your ears. Everything goes through a stack of effects on RX-10. Then to compress the file, and it also tweaks levels just a little bit, something called off-phonic. So there is a lot that happens in between the voice coming out of my head and the voice that you are hearing going into your ears. You don't have to do all that, but if you're talking into an iPhone or a Blue Yeti and not doing any kind of sound compression, just being like, well, whatever, it's the content, man. It's not. And Marissa says to hear bad sound quality, but sometimes it's the voice itself too. David Jacobs says this, too much inside baseball chit-chat. Get to the point. Ain't that the truth? Don't you hate it when you find a great podcast? You like the title of the podcast itself. You like the title of the episode. You download it. There's five minutes of ads, 20 minutes of chit chat. Hey, what you been up to? Oh, hey. Two co-hosts that should have done all this beforehand, before they started recording, or at least edited it out. This happens so, so often. And if you've got a podcast and you're not growing your listeners like you want to, these two things that I've talked about so far, one, getting a good recording, but also actually speaking something that's worth being recorded, not inside baseball chit-chat, inside jokes, jargon. If you can stay away from that, get to the point, that's going to help you grow your audience and sustain your audience. These comments were all sent in via Twitter. So this guy's name is Id, Ego, and Us. He says, robotic tone and no real interest. This is one of those things that we really need to look at ourselves on. And that is, if you started a podcast and you were excited about it, or maybe you started and you were you know, not really excited about it, but you're continuing to do that podcast that you're not excited about or no longer excited about, it is very hard to fake. You are doing listeners a disservice because it is very hard to fake excitement. One of the things that makes me such a good interviewer is because I can see the story in somebody. I can see the humanity of that person. I get excited when that person is talking about what it is that they have done to get on my show. That comes through. That is the kind of host that you want to be. And listen, I don't get this right all the time. There's certainly been some podcasts that I've signed on for as the host. I'm like, mm, it doesn't turn out to be what I thought it was going to be. 
think I told the story on here recently of somebody set me up with a guest and I'm embarrassed to even mention that I went through this interview. I'm talking to a dude and this reverberation didn't sound very good. Didn't have a very good mic. I don't know if it's a laptop mic or whatever. And all of a sudden I'm hearing this, I'm hearing like a hiss. What's that hiss? Okay. Well, I'm just going to go through it. I don't want to be here anyway. And I hear the cling, 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 cling. And finally I asked, I said, man, I'm getting some weird noise. I'm getting like a, and there's some kind of clinging. He says, oh yeah, man, I'm doing this from the kitchen. My wife's washing dishes. And I'm thinking like, what? Now, dude, if you want people to pay attention to you, you can't show up like that. That's on me though. That's on me. I don't think that interview actually ever went out just for the record. But at that point I should have been like, "Eh, you know, maybe we need to do this later. And that was a fluke. I'm sure there was more to this story. I don't remember it now, but that was one of those things that never, ever, ever would have happened on this podcast. If you want to be on this podcast, and I'll have guests occasionally, you're answering questions. You're agreeing to things like, one, you're going to show up with a good mic. Two, you're going to be in a quiet place. And three, I am allowed to edit you without sending anything back. That's the agreement. And three B, this episode may never air. You got to show up correctly, but that is your job to guard your listeners when somebody shows up incorrectly. So robotic tone, no real interest. That's the result of that. If you're finding yourself with a robotic tone and no real interest, do your listeners a favor, flip to a host, somebody other than you who can be excited about it or figure out a way for you to be excited about it. Boring host, the Henson Men podcast says this. Yeah, boring host kind of comes with, I'm not really interested in this topic. You ever met those people that are super excited about stuff? I went to a conference, podcasting conference, but it was more for fandom. I ran into this woman, probably 20 years old, 22, young lady. Do you have a podcast? She said, yes. It was about D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. They did that stuff back in the 80s, back during the satanic panic. <laughs> they told me as a kid growing up that if I played Dungeons and Dragons, the devil's going to come out of there. Take your soul. All of a sudden, you're going to die playing Dungeons and Dragons because you're going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons in the city sewer system. That was the kind of stuff that I grew up with when I thought about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> anyway, it's still going on. We've all survived. And there's a new 20-something girl who is doing a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. And she was so excited. I sat down with her for a minute in the conference hall. She was going on and on. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons. It was crazy. Really taught me a lot about fandom. And it made me super excited to see somebody who was, one, so excited about something that she was going to podcast it, but also excited about podcasting. If you can be that person, what's that thing that's making you excited? That's what's going to get you listening to that podcast. Because honestly, I'm not that interested in Dungeons and Dragons, but this goes back to my thing about me being a good host. I'm interested in the people that are telling those stories and your listeners are the same way. When you see somebody super passionate about something, they bring you in. All of a sudden, I got a 20-sided die, player's handbook. I'm an elf. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Bring people along on that journey. Here's what Sippin' with Snaps says. Long dead air, too many ums and heavy breathing. I don't mind the reading of a script. I'm not a strong reader, so I appreciate all who are good at it. All right, let's talk about how this works. Long dead air, that can be edited out. So if you don't know what to say and it's going on too long, 
that can be edited out. With that said, the podcast has to breathe. Not the heavy breathing. I'm talking about your podcast just has to have a little bit of space. So do not feel that you need to talk 99% of the time that your podcast is on. Have some space. Space between the words is what's going to make those words stick. As far as heavy breathing, I mentioned the equipment that I've got. The expander and gate. Let's talk about the gate. It's called a noise gate. And it works like a normal gate. It's closed and then it is open. I can see a red button. That means it's closed. And when I talk, I see a green button. That means it's open. It's letting my voice through. When it is closed, the breaths that I've got, they're not being recorded. If I've got a really heavy breath and it gets through the gate, RX, which I mentioned, isotope RX, there's a deep breath module on there, takes that breath out. Doesn't take it out all the way because I want this podcast to feel natural, but I go from sounding like I've got emphysema to something that's a little bit more easy for you to listen to and lets you know the next words are coming up. Just a natural pause of conversation. You're listening to people breathe all the time. Everybody that you talk to, every time you talk, we're listening to breaths throughout the day. It's natural. You don't have to remove them all. Sometimes it makes people nervous. But this guy's right. Heavy breathing, too many ums, filler words, that stuff needs to be cut out. As far as reading from a script, I work from bullet points. And on this episode, there are no bullet points. I'm just looking at tweets people have sent in that say, this is why I turn podcasts off. So we could argue that's bullet points. But all this, it's off the top of my head. That comes from practice. This is what I said at the very beginning of this episode. You need to get behind the mic. You need to practice working from bullet points, practice reading, practice answering questions, thinking on your feet. You might want to look at table topics from Toastmasters, taking a random topic, random question, talking about it for one to two minutes. Go. I'm looking around my studio right now. I've got a power strip. I can talk about electricity. I can talk about the mouse that I use. I can talk about a USB drive. <laughs> Pedro Pena has got a podcast called My Stuttering Life. He's out of Texas. He's always kind of teasing me. I'm a vegetarian. Don't eat meat, right? <laughs> He's teasing me about what a burger. It's a big deal in Texas and they just came to Nashville. I've got a table tent. You know what I'm talking about? Like if they're bringing your order out to you. <laughs> this is Whataburger 69, order number 69. I put that in here as a reminder of people listening to this podcast. But anyway, I could talk about Whataburger. I could talk about vegetarianism. Anything that you're looking at, this is my point, it can turn into a conversation one to two minutes. You should be able to do that. You are a host. If you can't do it, practice it. If you only got 20 seconds, do it. 30 seconds, do it. Just keep showing up, keep practicing. That's going to make you better on the air. York Campbell, he said the same thing as sipping with snapped. Can't stand too many ums. That shows how filler words drive people crazy. The curiosity hour. This is an interesting thing. Anything remotely homophobic, transphobic, racist, or sexist. Let me talk about that for a minute. No matter what you say on your podcast, you are going to alienate somebody. This is not broadcast radio. And even broadcast radio alienates people. But usually because it's milk toast, kind of somewhere in the middle, they're trying not to offend anybody. If you are flying your flag, you are going to offend somebody. With that said, and I'm talking to you, middle-aged men, I'm a 50-year-old white guy. Cisgender, they will call me. He, him. <laughs> 
So if that's you, this is one he, him, cisgendered white guy to another. The world is changing, my man. It is changing. The way we grew up, when Dungeons and Dragons and the satanic panic existed, and there was all sorts of misinformation about that, there was also misinformation about other things, including homosexuality, transgender. We didn't even know what it was. I had a transgender friend in college and in high school. Didn't know what it was. This dude, and I realized, sensitive topic, and I'm using the pronouns and descriptors that he used. I'm aware of this, okay? I got you. He would say, I'm a female trapped in a male body. He was arguably transgender, didn't know what it was. Now we do, and it is up to us to move forward. If you think about when we grew up, I grew up in the South, born in Nashville, relatives in East Tennessee, Virginia, redneck, man, coal country, grandfather, great-grandfather, coal miners, baby. The most redneck of the redneck. You would hear old guys and they would talk about colored, colored this and colored that. I thought, oh, grandma, it's black now. It's black, you know. And nowadays it's maybe not even black. It's African-American, person of color. Sometimes it's black. That's the weird thing about it, right? People want to be identified in various different ways. I've got a friend of mine down the street. She's like, no, I'm black. No, no, I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. That's what she would tell you. So again, I got you, man, the subtleties. The point is this though is that we're living in a bigger world, a more connected world, and it is up to us, if we don't want to get left behind, to move forward on that. And that's what this guy is saying here. He is saying that anything remotely homophobic, transphobic, racist, or sexist, the hardest of passes. You don't have to go out like that, but just be aware, this is potentially turning people off. And just as a side note, York Campbell mentioned York Campbell a minute ago. He said, I don't mind people being critical about these topics. I enjoy hearing different views. Uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think there's a difference between actually having a discussion about these things and being a stick in the mud old guy who refuses to change. That's me. You do you. You fly your flag. But know that that flag or any flag that you fly, you're going to get some pushback to it. Too many ad breaks. That's what Katie Bird says. I know there need to be ads. That's fine. But breaking every five minutes makes it unlistenable to me. (laughs) So many things to say about this. I see guys, I know why they do this because they're hot right now. And you think, whoa, why not add more ads? What's one ad going to be? One ad per break. I know guys, four or five ad breaks in a 40 minute hour podcast or so. And each of those ad breaks has, I don't know, four minutes of ads. I mean, they're cramming their podcasts with ads and they're getting downloads. And because of those downloads, it's a CPM model paid for every thousand listeners that they've got, paid for every download they get. They're making more money. It's not uncommon. These guys pack a couple extra ads in there, extra thousand bucks per episode, let's say. That's the kind of money we're talking about. And that's hard to turn down. It is hard to turn that down. Well, I just got to throw a couple more ads in there. No more work for me. It's the same show, same production. It's dynamic. Why not? Just make the show go on a little bit longer. I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. I think it's a turnoff for listeners when you bombard them. I don't think it's great for the advertisers. The advertisers, if they're actually tracking things, and most do, they're not going to get the results. Kind of like a tree in a forest versus a tree in the middle of a field. Which one sticks out more? 
That's the space that I was talking about earlier, the space between the words. If you've only got one sponsor, that sponsor is going to be memorable. That sponsor is going to be associated with your podcast. And that's better for the sponsor. And if you do that right, I'm going to go with one of these criticisms, talk inside baseball, but this is a podcast about podcasting. If you do that right, you can double or triple that single ad that you were selling and make arguably the same amount of money. So consider that too many ads that's going to turn people off. Why not go for a great ad, a great match, a great relationship with the advertiser, charge that advertiser more money. Advertisers still making money on a great ad like that. So you can do it and it's better for your listeners as well. Kyle Weeks, he comments on this. He said, this is also a huge one for me regarding the ads, including the same ad multiple times in an episode. That probably is dynamic ad insertion. And that's an issue. The worst example I've ever come across was a podcast that was only 30 minutes. It had six ads and four of them for $130 socks. Well, now I'm kind of curious. $130 socks? York Campbell jumps in. He says, what? That's crazy. Kyle says this. Agree with you. A 30-minute podcast with six one-minute ads, three minutes of intros, music, recap of the episode and all that, three minutes of credits at the end, including outro music and such, over a third of the podcast isn't even useful info. You can see why it stuck with me. Yeah, well, that gets back to everything that we're talking about here. You can see how all of this fits together. The long intros, the inside jokes, not getting to the point. People want what's promised, entertainment or how-to information, or they want to think, or they want religious information. They don't want ads to random things, jokes that don't land, you catching up with your co-host. This is some good advice from Todd Hedges. He says, we've been doing our show for 18 months and have been pretty successful. However, we still always evaluate what is working and what isn't. There's always room for improvement in some areas. Yeah, man. That's why I get behind the mic every day. That's why I edit my own episodes. A lot of people either don't like to edit or they pass along the editing to somebody else. I think it's great when it comes to getting stuff out because editing is a huge bottleneck. But if you are not doing some of your own editing, at least, and if you're a new podcaster, I think you should be doing all of it to really get into your patterns, your bad habits, your ums, your ahs, the filler words that you're putting in there. That is a missed opportunity for you to become a better host. And by the way, back to that, some people not editing, that's a huge annoyance. That's why a lot of these problems happen. The ums, the ahs, the long drawn out pauses. <laughs> I've seen some podcasters, phone will ring. Oh, hold on. They'll press pause. I guess answer the phone. Okay, I'm back. Dude, we didn't need to know that. This could have been a seamless episode with you getting to the point that much sooner, even though you cut the conversation out without you telling us that you were answering the phone or having the phone ring. It would actually have been more interesting because we would have gotten the behind the scenes if you'd picked up the phone and we'd heard something like your wife is mad at you or maybe you're behind in your power bill and your electricity is about to be cut off. <laughs> that would actually be more entertaining than, oh, hey man, hold on, I'm it. Okay, I'm back. Uh, we don't need to know that. False information, middleman says that, that is the truth, man. I don't think you need to have a fact checker like NPR, but verify the stuff before you put it out there if there's any doubt in your mind. Seeing a tweet, seeing even a Netflix documentary, that does not mean that something is true. And Kyle comes back on that. He agrees with it. He said, this one needs more likes, like way more. Too many podcasts just shove whatever baloney they want out there. Yeah, they do. 
But sometimes a fish doesn't know he's in water. Sometimes people are living in such a crazy world, man. And I'm going to end it with that. The world that we are often in, let me take it back to when I had the satanic panic with D&D. We're getting all this bad information about D&D. By God, a demon's going to come out of it. You're going to be going to hell if you play D&D. Jesus is going to be mad. Don't do it. That's an opinion. Maybe it's true. And these days we've got an opportunity to see if that is more than just an opinion. Back in the day, back during the satanic panic, for example, (laughs) back in the day we had local media. We had local radio, local television, local newspapers. We just got what we got. So who's to say what we got is right and what the next guy got who heard something different is wrong? This stuff is still happening because these algorithms that we have online, they are feeding us more of what we want because we respond to it. It's not any different from you being in that small town with a small town newspaper, small town television, small town radio. You were getting very limited information. So the information that you put out on your podcast, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your listeners to check it out if you have any doubt that it is not true. And it might very well not be true. Or at least say, hey, this is an opinion. Don't be throwing it out there as fact. Check yourself do the right thing, help your listeners out. That's how to grow your podcast. To take this thing all the way back to what I promised at the very beginning of this episode, this is how to grow your podcast. This is how to keep people from turning off your podcast. Having great information, getting to the point, doing these things, having that foundation, that's what's going to get you new listeners. That's what's going to maintain listeners that you have. And if you want to make money from your audience, you're selling a service or product, you've got that trust to where that's going to be so much easier. You want more from me? I have to do another one of these. This is the third one. These are always interesting though to see why people turn podcasts off because I want them to turn you on, man. I want them to be like those old school DJs like I talked about. Turn it up and rip the knob off. That's what we want for you. And to make that happen, you've got to get these fundamentals down. If you want more from me talking about these things, here's how to do it. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I make it very easy for you to subscribe. Never miss an episode. It is free. And if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. If you're on an iPhone, hit the iPhone button. Android, I got an Android button for you. I've got an RSS feed. I've got a QR code that you can scan. It's going to immediately put this podcast on your phone when you're at the gym, when you're in the car, when you're with your family this holiday season. I got you, baby. I'm going to be in your ear showing you how to grow your podcast, expand your audience, make impact with your message, make money with your message. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe is how to do it. Go there right now before you forget and make that happen. And I will see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.